I think you and I can safely say is Urban Outfitters has been the one to have about 80% of Britney's vinyl collection and all these variations. Yeah. That was Derek Please and I, James Rodriguez Horton, talking about Britney Spears and the partnership with Urban Outfitters. We talk about why it came to be and if it in fact is successful and lucrative. Now, for those joining us for the first time, my name is James Rodriguez Horton, a Latino independent podcaster. I look at all the different aspects of pop culture using Britney Spears as the collector, being able to go behind the scenes and show you all the parts that it takes to create this icon, that it takes to create this legend, that it took to create the original doll, Britney Spears. Don't you want my iconography? Don't you understand? Then follow me. Don't you wanna aim for stars you see? Don't you want my iconography? A little show note. In the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about all sorts of different things, from the Britney Spears musical, and I was able to talk to some Broadway producers, as well as award-winning playwrights. In addition, I have an exclusive interview with recording artist, songwriter, Maya Marie. So make sure to subscribe to receive the notifications first. Shout out to Tyler in Florida, Carrie, April, and Mike in Florida, Linda in Tokyo, Susan in Moscow, Joaquin in Argentina, and Lucille in Norway. In the week of November 27th through December 3rd, 2020, over 1.3 million vinyl albums were sold. It's a big deal because that was the largest sales week for the format for vinyl since tracking began in 1991 by Nielsen Music. And this was only the second time in this history that weekly vinyl albums surpassed 1 million. The last time, it happened about a year before that, December 26, 2019. In June of 2017, almost 30 years after they stopped vinyl production, Sony Music announced that they would be jumping back on the vinyl bandwagon and would begin releasing their own artist music to vinyl. Now you see, in the 70s and 80s, it was a given that record labels would make their own vinyl records using manufacturing plants. Japan became a huge producer of vinyl, so much so that in the mid-70s, Japan would be producing upwards of 200 million records a year. Eventually, this would be phased out with the production of cassette tapes and CDs. Now, in 2017, global vinyl revenue would reach almost $1 billion. Fast forward to August 14th, 2017. Urban Outfitters announces Britney Spears' debut album, Baby One More Time, will be released on a pink vinyl exclusively in the United States, and it would be limited to only 2,500 copies. Pre-orders sold out in less than two hours. This was the first time that Britney Spears' 1999 album would be released on vinyl. You see, her most recent album, 2016's Glory, was the first Britney Spears album to get the vinyl treatment. And, as I talked in a previous episode... Britney Spears and her entire discography are all under Sony Music's RCA, and her catalog albums, which are albums that are over 18 months old, 
Well, those are managed and distributed by Sony Division's Legacy Records. Now keep this in mind as we continue on the final journey. Reportedly, Urban Outfitters Chief Administrative Officer, Calvin Hollinger, made the claim to Wall Street Analysis, stating that Urban Outfitters was in fact the number one distributor of vinyl in the United States. Now, not long after, a billboard analysis showed that Amazon was the largest seller of vinyl in the U.S. with about 12.3% of the market share, followed by Urban Outfitters with 8.1%. Now, that's not anything to be scoffed at. And here's something to consider. In 2019, there were 55.6 million total albums sold. Now, that's physical and digital. The next year, 2020, during the time of the pandemic, it would drop to 45.5 million. Vinyl sales? Well, they would go from 8.3 million vinyl LPs sold to, in 2020, 9.2 million which was an increase of 11%. Now, the thing to keep in mind is catalog albums would also see an increase. Like I said, catalog albums are those albums that are over 18 months old. The catalog albums would go from 208.2 million in 2019. It would jump by almost 25 million in 2020. Now, the thing to keep in mind is there's a nostalgic factor, especially during a pandemic. So any record label, it would make smart business sense for them to release their nostalgic albums, if you will, on vinyl, as vinyl's increasing, and that nostalgia part, those albums that are 20 years old. And that's what they did. The question is, why would Britney, or should I say, why would the Britney brand, and I use that in air quotes, why would they choose to work exclusively with Urban Outfitters? Well, simple, as you heard, after Amazon, they are in fact the largest distributors of vinyl. The other thing is, it's simple. Money. When Britney Spears became a recording artist, she allowed her likeness to be used on items indefinitely. Many times, contracts are private, confidential, you don't see them. But you do hear stories from other artists talking about that they basically signed their likeness away or they worked with a branding brand or a company. Now, as long as a product or merchandise isn't going against Britney Spears' image or bottom line, if it makes sense, it will get made. The thing to consider is that Britney's career, her net worth, has always been increased by the nostalgic factor. People stream her music. They revisit Toxic. People watch her Billboard 2016 performance of her older hits. People bought tickets to see Britney perform these songs that bring you back to the first time hearing it. To assume people solely went to Vegas to see Britney Spears perform new songs from her 2013 album, Britney Jean, that would be absurd. Just like any other concert-going experience. It's great that an artist is going to promote their new album, but if you're not playing the hits, people are not going to be satisfied. And here's the thing. Protecting Britney's legacy is important. What many people might not know is that for us, the average goer, if you will, you know, we can license Britney Spears' music for the right price. We can have access to that for the right price. From the Copyright Alliance, in doing my research, what I found is 
when it comes to licensing music, there are just two distinct copyright works. The musical composition, which are like the lyrics and the music score, and the sound recording, what you actually hear. Now, there's something called a sync license or a synchronization license. Now, that's a license that allows you to use the musical composition in an audiovisual work. And while a sync license would allow you to uh, cover, let's say, Lucky, and use it in your vocal, your audiovisual creation, it doesn't give you the right to use the sound recording made popular by the recording artist, which means you can make your own version of Lucky, but you couldn't use Britney's mastered version of Lucky. Now, in order to use that actual recording, you'll need to get a master use license. Together, a master use license and a sync license will allow you to add your favorite songs to films and video games, anything you want to create. Now, the good news is that you don't have to contact famous celebrities directly to obtain these licenses. I don't have to message Britney Spears on Twitter, who, oh, by the way, she's followed me for a very long time. You should too at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z. Now back to this. There are several musical rights organizations that grant licensing and provide contact information because that is a business in itself. Those that are licensing out music. So these people, that's their specialty. In the original Doll podcast episode, You Got It All, I talked about how much heads up or permission is actually needed from a songwriter or the performer of a song. What years and years of researching businesses, specifically in the music industry, you see that a label needs to make money. It's a business, yes. But don't forget, they need to recoup the cost of developing almost 80% of these signed artists who will most likely not make back the investment that is put into them, which is why people put their masters in contracts, or that's why the art, the label can own an artist's work. So you see, labels rely heavily on such a small percentage to cover the cost for all of them. With that said, we know why Britney Spears, the brand, whomever, the entity, would choose Urban Outfitters. First and foremost, there's a distribution chain. Second of all, to make it exclusive. Now, there have been vinyls that have been released where you can get them at other retail outlets. But... If you want to work specifically and partner with an organization, you want to make sure that you can give that company something exclusive. And this is where Derek Please comes in. Featured contributor Derek Please was sent out to the Twitterverse to get some feedback from customers who bought various items from Urban Outfitters. Tell me what in your, your journalistic reporting, what did you find out? Well, I did find out a lot of things. I got um, all of the different albums and singles and compilations put down and what color vinyl they were on and um, how many copies they were limited to that you wanted to discuss later. Yeah, because like, yeah, yeah, what I want to do is for Britney, people can think, oh, was it just the albums one time? But no, there were multiple variations. Yeah, there's so- like three at, for some of them. Well, okay, so we know that she has the nine albums and they just released the compilation for Greatest Hits, My Prerogative. With her first album, and let's just go to, let's just talk about the product and then talk about the situations. With Baby One More Time, how many versions did they release of this? 
today the, the label, if you will, for right now? Uh, they released three versions of that. And um, the first one was in 2017, and it was limited to 2,500 copies. And so that was a bloodbath because everybody went on there and all the scammers and scalpers went on there too. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, how did, is there any way that somebody could identify if they don't have the, the first pressing or the first, is there, is it the traditional pink cover? Is it, you know, was there anything special specific to this 2017 pressing? Uh, yeah, it was a pink and white swirl inside. And um, none of the other versions are opaque. The other two versions are clear somewhat. So um, the first one was that pink and white swirl limited to 2,500 copies that went like that, you know, snap. Did you get a copy when it first came out? Yeah, I got two copies. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Um, so I, the second one was clear, and that was limited to 10,000 copies because they had seen the huge demand for Baby One More Time on vinyl, and so they made 10,000 copies, which is a lot. That's four, I mean, that's a lot, four times that that amount of the initial, you know, pressing of it. Now, did the 2,500 for the 2017, that clearly sold out. Did the clear sell out that quickly or, you know, is it kind of still available to purchase? It definitely sold out, but it was a different kind of sellout. They put these in store so you could buy them in store. Um, and so they did sell out everywhere eventually. Um, I'd say it took months because uh, they had, you know, 10,000 copies. But through in-store purchases and also through the internet, they did get all those 10,000 copies uh, sold because they then made a third version, which we're on right now. And this is the 2020 one that's available in-store right now basically at every urban outfitter store plus online because um i think they might have maybe oversaturated the market it's different with this third version from 20 it's, it's clear like the last one but it has pink splatter because all the fans said we want another pink baby one more time because we missed out on the first pink baby one more time and how many do you know how many were made manufactured if you will no, and it seems like it's more than 10,000 this time because they're not showing what it's limited to. I think 10,000 is probably the cap of what you can call limited. <laughs> probably. Well, yeah, and the other thing, too, is it's like at a certain point, it just gets so expensive. Well, and you know this because you've, you've really strong vinyl where it costs money at a certain point. You're not going to be, you know, Britney Spears' most artists in 2020 are not selling 50,000 vinyl on their back catalog, you know? Yeah. And so to make it, to make it shorter. Mm -hmm. And they were doing their vinyl, uh, like selling a lot more informal back then. You could use any coupon you wanted and you could basically buy like, you know, like as much as you wanted, but now they've put some restrictions on there. Would you say then the, the first from 2017 is the hardest one to get? For like a fan who's looking is that the one that's going to be the hardest one to find yeah it goes for hundreds of dollars online okay so let's go to britney's sophomore album oops how many variations did urban outfitter do 
They also did three with that one, and the first one was a purple and white swirl vinyl, limited to 5,000 copies. Oops, I did it again. So for the 20th anniversary, they put out the clear with purple and metallic gold swirl version, and that is currently available in-store and online, and it's actually not limited at all. They don't, they might say in the title limited, but if they don't say anything in the description about like quantity, it means it's not limited. So, and that's, that's good. And that's, tea. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's, that's something that's good information for people to know because that means, I mean, they, and to your point earlier, they know the wording that they specifically have to use if it is limited, if they're only doing, and the thing is, it benefits them more if they did, in fact, only do limited because then they could say, we're, you know, we're done after this amount. But if they leave it open, it's because it's, there's the availability for it to be replenished. All right. So did the did any of the oops ever sell out of those three? Um, they've all sold out at some point, even the current one. The current one kind of bounces um being available like on and off, like online. Okay, so let's get to Britney's third album, Britney. <laughs> <laughs> so that was um first released. Uh, in May, I remember it was May of some year, probably 2018, I would think. So, um, they released that one on opaque white vinyl with yellow swirl, and they limited it to 5,000 copies. And I remember I was the first person who received this in the mail because I ordered rush shipping, and I was you know a few years younger and more sprightly so I ran down my apartment building I was on the third floor and then I ran down the extreme um decline uh, on a hill to the point that I almost fell over going to because I could see from the window of the UPS truck and I grabbed it from the shipment <laughs> and I brought it back and I photographed it and I was the first one on Instagram. So I got like a lot of likes. Oh my God. And how long did that take, by the way, that specific, that situation from when it was shipped to when it got to you? Not long at all. That's when they were on top of their game. Well, so and is this oh, something yeah. where, it's, where it's consistent, where the second pressing or the second release of these Urban Outfitters is clear? Is that like yes. kind of a give? Okay. That's a clear trend, <laughs> literally. <laughs> nice. And what do you think, from your opinion of this, what do you think was the thought behind releasing these three different styles um, and only keeping one where it's a continual flow, a continual distribution? What do you think the thought process was? I think they could at first underestimated Britney, like everybody underestimates Britney over time. <laughs> Let's be honest. Mm. So um, I think they thought, oh, 5,000 will sell. Let's just do that. And then they they do 2,000 for the next pressing. They're like, oh, well, yeah, it'll sell out. You know, it's only 2,000. So they're underestimating her power. Whereas now they know they have to like have her continually available or else the customers will get mad. Cause um, I call urban outfitters a lot about like, <laughs> is this certain vinyl in stock in your store, you know? And they tell me that people call about Britney a lot. So with the rest of these albums, 
did they change? Did it vary from it being like 5,000 copies in the first one to a clear one for the second one and then a clear splatter or swirl for the third? Is that pretty consistent for the rest of them? Yep, exactly. So we could get into like what the colors are and stuff like that, but basically um, through Circus now, there's all been three versions. Um, And the first version is always some sort of color version. Um, And then the second version is clear. And then the third is a clear with splatter on it. So that's a pretty consistent thing. Except for um, Femme Fatale never got a second pressing. Brittany Jean never got a second pressing. And why do you think that is? Well, because they both were limited to 5,000 copies, and I think that was pretty much what the demand was. Glory, I think the hard part was when they decided to release Glory on vinyl, the only people that were buying that Glory when it first came out were just diehard Britney fans. There was no nostalgic factor where somebody could get it as a fun gift for somebody. Yeah, there's way more thirst for this new glory. So that's why it's selling out at many record stores. And and it was a clever move to make that new glory. Um, It's going to tide us over for a little bit to have matches and swimming in the stars, you know, stuff like that. Absolutely. And speaking of swimming in the stars, now looking at this, that is Britney's forthcoming physical single yeah it was part of an urban outfitters campaign so swimming in the stars is one of 11 singles they released on 11 11 which is also singles day other than just uh, i think veterans day so there were 11 singles that they were going to be releasing have any of those physically made it into the stores yet no they're all pre-orders there's another single though there's another single my only wish this year Mm-hmm. on green marble vinyl the elusive my only wish this year that half Move of us over have Sean's not we're looking for my only wish yeah <laughs> when did they announce that my only wish this year was going to be released on vinyl like the beginning of november so this was prior to swimming in the stars announcement yeah and so my only wish this year when was it to arrive to the consumer the end of November. Yeah. At the beginning of November, we got this great congratulations. My only wish this year is going to be released on vinyl. And then people went, went and decided to buy it. And then not long after the, the delivery date or the shipment kept moving, correct? Yeah. It so, just kept moving for people. Um, some people were receiving it. I would say roughly like half of the people that bought it, um, it seems, have it already. I was able to interview Britney Spears fan and vinyl collector and award-winning playwright Tommy Jamerson about his experience specific to My Only Wish this year. So, Tommy, you bought, you know, you've really purchased a lot of the discography that's been released exclusively through Urban Outfitters. And there's a consistent complaint with many people that the product has been subpar, delays, bank issues. Um, the difference between you and many other is you've also purchased other Urban Outfitter products. How is that experience versus the Britney? Is it the same? Is it different, worse, better? You know, um, I think 
overall, Urban Outfitters has to really up their game as far as like payments are concerned. Um, it, this is not just a Britney thing. I've bought <laughs> Hillary Duff. I've, I've bought Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, the best, you know, Ashley Simpson. And um, what they do is all their pre-orders. Um, I know that there have been fans who've complained that they keep getting recharged over and over and over. And uh that's Urban Outfitters across the board. You you place a pre-order, they immediately charge you. Three days later, it falls out of your account. And then when it gets closer to the release date, then they charge you again. More often than not, they're still going to push it back and say it's on back order, even though it's still available on the site, which is ridiculous. Um, and they're going to charge you again. And it's going to keep happening until they finally send it out. So it's going to take a while to stick. So if you're someone that has a limited amount of funds in your account, and, and you're counting on it being a one-time charge and then you're good to go, it's gonna keep happening. Um, now, once it falls off the account, obviously the $40, whatever goes right back in, but it's it's a continual thing that happens. Have you, have you been one of the people who, my only wish this year when, let's say in late October, early November, whenever it was where they said pre-order now, when did you receive your, my only wish this year vinyl? It's really funny that you, you brought that up because I actually pre-ordered my Only Wish vinyl on November 3rd, the day the, the pre-order was available. And like everyone, I kept anticipating it for the holiday season. It kept getting pushed back. It kept getting pushed back. I know that it sold out really quickly because it's something that diehard fans really want. And it's, you know, it's something that even casual fans like that song. Um, so I was under the impression that there was more demand than they expected. And that's why it was taking longer for them to get it out. But then twice they put the vinyl back for sale on the site, not as a pre-order, but just to purchase. Um, there were fans that purchased it who hadn't, when it was became available, who hadn't purchased the pre-order, who received the vinyl right away. And those of us who pre-ordered initially were still in this limbo. Uh, it became available again a few days ago. I purchased two copies, canceled my original pre-order from November. And as of today, I received both copies. How many months has it been? First moment of being able to order it to when you finally got your hands on one, considering it was not the first order. How long did that whole process take for you to hear that Urban Outfitters had it to where you actually got one from Urban Outfitters? Um, honestly, I never even heard from them. I kept checking myself. They never posted more in stock, more of this. Um, I mean, November, I got it today. So, you know, it's been so it was over a two month long. Yeah. So for the listeners, we're in January of 2021. Yeah, it's it's January 7th. I ordered November 3rd. I got it today. And it still wasn't my November 3rd one because that one was still on back order. Back to special reporter, Derek, please. My only wish this year was also on two um, compilation albums. The My Ultimate pop christmas mix and my ultimate pop christmas mix 2.0 so she made it on both of those um and those were from years ago on urban outfitters exclusive vinyl my only wish this year in swimming in the stars is there for the listener who might not know oh what's the backing track on each one oh or well, there the, are no the, backing the, tracks oh <laughs> They're single-sided vinyl. <laughs> well, um, no, they yeah, it's just flat on the back, completely it's, flat. So it's not going to be a traditional twelve-inch single, or is a seven-inch single? It is a twelve-inch single, but it only has one song. I assume it spins at forty-five because that's the only way you can make like a 
one song lasts a whole side of a vinyl. So that vinyl is only the front side. It's not just a one song on each side release. No, and and the word on the street is that um, well, there's two words on the street. <laughs> the first word on the street is that "Swimming on the Stars" comes with bonus content, like more unreleased music. You mean and a new the- a new photo of her lying down, and now it's going to be a you know a blood moon behind her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the other rumor is that Swimming in the Stars is just one single side. So it's either going to be a fabulous uh, true rumor or a kind of bad true rumor. (laughs) What do you think the possibility is that Swimming in the Stars will arrive when it was supposed to? Because we were told Swimming in the Stars was going to be out (laughs) mid-January. What do you think the possibility is that you, Derek, will get Swimming in the Stars in January? Not at all likely. If we're already seeing almost two months of a delay in My Only Wish this year from getting to the general public's hands, because it's not, even if we say half of these people received theirs, I've seen more people than not, not receive their product that they that they paid for. Yeah. Um, and so do you think that that should give the listener, somebody who bought you know, apprehension to just assume maybe in January, it's not going to come out for another, like if everything is pushed back by two months, do you think that's the case? Or do you think there was some issue with specific to the My Only Wish This Year product? Um, I honestly can't speak on that because Urban Outfitters, like they either have their stuff together or they don't. So right now I'm optimistic that it'll come out on time, but I'm also, you know, waiting on circus that was supposed to come out like on her birthday basically and now it's set into um january 1st i doubt it's gonna ship on january 1st because that's like a holiday that the workers probably get off so okay so let's let's talk about this because we kind of are diving into that right now there is there seems to be a consistent problem especially as of late with these vinyl these specific to urban outfitters vinyl that there's a delay there's always something that is happening one way or the other site going down is one thing because they have so much traffic going down that's one thing that i i feel is like forgivable you have so many people that want a product sometimes the site takes a bit what i don't like are the consistent delays like if there are consistent delays in something there is a consistent problem there's a common denominator yeah so um Derek please and the original doll podcast (laughs) we put out a tweet asking people to talk about their common issues with urban outfitters or their experiences in general Some people had perfect experiences with Urban Outfitters through all of these vinyl releases. Like, they must have the luck of 10,000 doves if you're a Lady Gaga fan. (laughs) He's Urban Outfitters. That's somebody who works at Urban Outfitters or something. It's like Urban Outfitters fun. No, I'm just kidding. I just had to put that out there. Some people were kind of admonishing me for putting this out, this uh, tweet, because they're like, well, I've had only perfect experiences. Why are you saying this? 
I'm well, like, well, I'll tell you why I'm saying this. Yeah, well, and I wonder, and in and, and valid concerns is I wonder if it has something to do with the amount of product you've bought. Having one little issue here and there is one thing if you bought 10 things. Secondly is there is, if you're buying things and you see consistent problems, that's something that needs to be addressed. So although, albeit these people with perfect experiences, I'm, I'm jealous of that because even with the post office being the way it is right now, people are not getting their packages on time. So I often wonder in situations, how many product people have bought or was it something where they just got it shipped from the store that they already had in stock? Because that's a different situation than things coming from like a distribution plant, if you will. Yeah, like some of these people might have actually bought the records after the release date. So they didn't have to deal with like, you know, the pushback release dates like we do. Because like, mm -hmm. we buy right when it's available on pre-order. So our experiences are a lot worse <laughs> than the average person who probably bought it like three months later when it's widely available. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. So let's get to the issues. The real issues, the Britney issues. <laughs> um, so damage, damage was the most common thing that um, I heard about and something I've experienced myself. Damage on these vinyl records, we're talking seam splits, tears on the inside record um, bag holders that have art on both sides and lyrics and stuff. Um, bent corners on the vinyl records. Having a damaged package around your vinyl doesn't seem like much, except for it is, specifically because it is a vinyl record. When you house your or store your vinyl, you keep it upright. You slide it into the ear section, you pull it out, that's fine. When it's damaged or bent, the chances of the record or even the nearby records getting damaged from being slid in or not fully pushed into place, that's a real problem. For the price that you're paying for these vinyl records, it's ridiculous that the safety precautions for the actual vinyl are not taken more into consideration. Uh, not good. You know, that's a common thing with improper packaging, which was another complaint. So... With all that, you also get warped records. I feel like it's safe to say there are two types of people who, in fact, collect these vinyls, specifically these Britney Spears vinyls. Those that are uh, completionists, if you will, that love collecting, that want every single Britney variation, record, cassette, anything. Then there are those who, in fact, like music, that are autophiles like Derek Please, who actually take time to listen on record. And there's been discussions about which is the best way to listen to these this music, whether it's digital, vinyl. And nine times out of ten, vinyl does have the best sound. Check it out online. Look at a Google search. Look at any search where it talks about what's best. Now, taking that into consideration, somebody who's buying the album just for the artwork, well, they might get upset if the artwork, the safety packaging, if the artwork itself is in fact bent. You spend this money to show off that piece of art on the wall. If it's bent, doesn't look so great. Second thing is, having a warped record, it's not going to play well. You can, of course, and Derek, please mention this before, you can, of course, contact your local record store and ask, do they have any sort of flattening device? 
um, if they can get rid of the warped nature of it. Many times they do. But the thing is, it's terrible that you're getting an item that is, in fact, damaged to begin with. And like I said, having something randomly happen, a box was left out in the sun, it got heated up, that's one thing. This seems to be a consistent issue. So if a vinyl is in fact warped, you have to wait to go ahead and get another copy of it. Which, as you can imagine, going through Urban Outfitters, it's not exactly an easy process and is time-consuming. And what happens, and think about this, what happens if the limited edition 2000, if they have no backup copy for you? Now we know in normal business, there's always that, whether you think retail with shrink or the amount that you know is going to be destroyed or, or stolen or anything like that. But if you have 2,000 copies and let's say 500 are in fact damaged, do you think they are making over 500 extra copies? Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But the issue is, the time it takes for you to get the vinyl that you've waited so long for, since let's say November 3rd, you wait, it gets delayed, it gets delayed, it gets delayed, December comes around, delayed, delayed, delayed. January comes around, you finally get your record, your product, the thing that you paid for, and it's warped or doesn't play at all. That's the problem, is somebody who's listening to music, you might not think that's a big deal. Eh, it's just send it back or don't worry about it. But it is. In today's day and age, money really, really means more than it did yesterday, the day before. So people are saving up for the things that they want. The issue is the time it takes for you to get a product. And here's the, the, the crux of my whole discussion about this. If there are continual problems in 10 different products that you have, there are continual delivery delays in nine different problems, perhaps your business plan needs to be adjusted. The consumers keep you in business. It may seem like a small amount, that 2000 here, 2000 there, but maybe those people, and like we heard with Tommy Jamerson and Derek Please, you might think that they're just getting a Britney Spears copy one time, but maybe they're buying Hilary Duff or Christina Aguilera. Like, there are these other artists, these other products. If these are the same problems, the problem is not with the artist. The problem is not with the consumer. The problem is with the person the business entity that is handling this. That's the issue with Urban Outfitters. One thing I wanted to mention is a lot of people said that Brittany Jean skipped. Um, unfortunately for you, sweetie, that is your player. You just don't have a high-grade enough vinyl player. And I say that all with love because the cheapest vinyl player you can get is basically $100. So... Run over to Target and get their heyday turntable, not sponsored. <laughs> but That's amazing. Well, it, it. But you just brought up a, a very, very um, true point is it might not be the record that's the issue it might be the player it might be the record player that is the yep. problem i know that uh a lot of people i know would go for those like uh the ones that look super cute they're they're small and portable and then they would have problems and things like that and i think if people looked at the reviews online you can see a lot of these players people say they're just meant to they can play what you sure they can play 
but do they play as well as you want them to? Probably not, because it's more about the aesthetic than the sound. Derek, can you let the listener know, because I think something that we should not pass up is the fact that a damaged product, damaged bent seam tears, that record holder, if you will, is the protective thing for that record. So if that is destroyed, you have a very strong possibility that that record could get destroyed in just moving and putting on your your shelves or anything like that. That basically it's the condom that has holes in it. Like yeah. at a certain point, it's just going to give up. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I will say that it is improper packaging sometimes. Like one time I got um, Greatest Hits, My Prerogative, loose in a box. It was just loose in a box, but it came in perfect condition. The ones with amazing packaging and you're opening it and you're seeing it's not bent and stuff like that, they are actually sometimes damaged. And the reason for that is they're not getting damaged by Urban Outfitters. They're getting damaged by Sony Legacy that's printing them, pressing plant. You might have noticed a little glitch in that last section. I did it because I removed the name of the pressing plant, and I did so because I did in fact reach out to them, uh, and I received a message back because I asked them, uh, what happens, what do we do about these warped or damaged Britney Spears product? Like, who is at fault for this? Um, and uh, what the response was, as far as the Britney Spears vinyl goes, I would reach out to the store you bought it from. It could have been damaged in shipping or any number of ways since it left our plant that we don't have control over. Okay. So the next part was with all these delays, and there are more Britney Spears vinyl coming this year. I inquired about what is the production time right now to have vinyl pressed at this location. This person stated they conducted an internal audit of titles in production recently and found that they have significant backlog extending into spring of 2021. Any new orders placed now should expect around four to six months in total before anything is ready to ship to you. Now, this person did add they may be able to get tests out in a normal time frame about five to six weeks. Production of full orders will be delayed by a significant amount. And then added in the, keep in mind, we do not guarantee any specific timeline due to all the complication steps involved in producing vinyl records. The time frame is an estimation. So, with regards to future vinyl, if this location continues to manufacture vinyl as it seems as though it is going to, there's still going to be significant delays. Does that mean each and every one will be delayed? No. But what we do know is they are well aware that there are delays and that as of right now, as of January 2021, there is a significant delay in their production and manufacturing. I think you brought up a very important part is sometimes people get upset when they they can call Urban Outfitters and say, like, if you or I were working at Urban Outfitters, somebody can call up and say, I can't believe you all just broke this and you ruined this, that the audio was terrible and screaming and yelling at the person that works in retail. It's not them, you know, unless you see them yeah. taking that record out and smashing it on the ground. They're not, they're not those people. It's the quality, the quality issues from the beginning that that's why we get these things. Um, of course, could add a box fall off a UPS truck, of course, like, and I don't mean that in the stealing sort of way, but like, 
Could some damage happen? Yes. But you would see it on the box. The thing for people to consider, and you brought this up, is the outside of the box, if the outside of your box is fine and the record inside has an issue, that's an issue with the record and the production of it. Because if it got ran over, you would see these tire tracks on there. These are problems with the product before it even gets to Urban Outfitters' hand. So that's something that, you know, needs to be addressed because, Derek, was this just with one vinyl pressing one time? No, this is across all of hers of all time. And this is even as recent as the greatest hits, My Prerogative. Yeah, and the new Blackout. What about the fact that, like, there's a machine that decides where they put the skew and everything on there, and it's like you're putting the skew and stuff and the sticker on the front of the of the album, and it's not a removable sticker. It's like on there for life, and and if you do remove it, there'll be a huge patch of sticky residue, and hairs will get stuck to it, and it's just not a good idea. You know what? What other sort of things do you see? Because we talked, we kind of mentioned a little bit that there's usually like, like my only wish is here there's a delay is this something that is as consistent across the board as well or is this just a mile wish this year situation with the delay and going back and back order no actually there are delays um for pretty much every one of them it depends on when you ordered some people get lucky like if they ordered right away um or if they order with rush shipping because sometimes they actually prioritize those so that would explain why I would get something first. Like I've got, I think, four of her vinyl releases, like right when they came out. There's been like delays for at least some customers down the line, like always. And how does that make you feel, though, as somebody who wants about it? Because somebody could make the argument, Derek, you already have these songs. What's the, you already have them on your computer. What's the big deal? What do you have to say to those people? Well, I'm an audiophile, so vinyl is always going to just sound better to me. It's just like my preferred format of music. I like it better than digital. And I think something should be said with the fact that it doesn't matter if you have it or not. It's a product that you're buying. Yeah, so you bought it, so you want it. Well, and you you bought it with the release date is here. X date. You bought that knowing that's what it was. They took that money out of your car. You know, they did the pre-authorization. Um, and I know people are having issues with that. Like, Urban Outfitters just pre-authorized yet another thing. And I'm still not getting in shit. Exactly. So, so they're, they're getting um, their cards authorized. And then the authorization's falling off in like a vicious cycle that doesn't really end until they finally actually ship the item. So at... Explain that to the to the listener who might not know this. We're talking okay. about Urban Outfitters. So tell me about like if you're going to, if you're buying a pre-release. How does that work? So basically what happens is that you buy the vinyl and to make sure that they, that you have funds in your account, they take the money out right away. And then that charge falls off. And then when it ships, they charge you for real. So um, just before it ships, they charge you for real. But what's happening right now is that um, they're charging you for real because they think they're about to ship it, but then they're like, oh, just kidding, back order. 
So the charge falls off and then they send you a back order email. And that's what's happening to a lot of people with My Only Wish. And also um, Christina Aguilera's Christmas album. The same thing's happening with that. Because they're supposed to come out on the same day. Well, and that's something to point out that it isn't just a Britney situation. We're specifically talking about Britney because the original Val podcast, we used Britney as the connector, you know, here on this podcast. However, this seems like it's a bigger problem and is legacy. Is that the same company? Is it the same Nashville pressing place for Christina Aguilera as it is for Britney Spears? Yes, it's the same for all the way down to the graphic designers and everything they do both both artists have product that did not make it into the hands of the consumers by christmas exactly yeah correct and so uh the other thing is and i know i have seen the back order issue where you order something that is like well it's on back order and then it's up or you go to the website or the app or the web- website now but where you would go up and say wait why is it on back order it's still available right now because they were still selling it but yours is on back order you know talk a little bit about that what does back order mean for the listener who might not know back order is kind of hard to explain because um they're not using it correctly they're using it as a uh, term for pre-order and um but then they are back ordering the um, vinyl records so it is kind of tricky so when they're back ordering the vinyl records it means that um, it's not in stock yet but it will be at some point that's what back order means but um, yeah, I, I don't really know why they're doing this like why they can't just have like a concrete release date even if it's months later you know I think in this situation they just like overextended themselves they didn't have the shipping team to get everything to us by christmas and so they shouldn't have put christmas records out in november they should have put them out in october so they had that extra month because we'll all have them by like the end of january probably so and and earlier you mentioned banning what how is someone getting banned for i mean aside from like if they went into a store and started tearing up everything or whatever you know what is banning when it comes to pre-ordering and ordering all these items okay so it actually has to do with the back ordering so it's really interesting actually um what happens is that some fans dispute the charges on their card like they'll call their bank and they'll dispute the charge and then urban outfitters will ban you um, and there's this video on his YouTube channel. He got banned by Urban Outfitters for disputing this charge that was on his, you know, um, pre-authorizations. And because of the endless back order thing, you know, it's ha- it happens with Urban Outfitters on and off throughout the years. So it happened to him and then he got banned. So he told a story in a YouTube video that went viral. Um, yeah, so it's just basically... BS. <laughs> so was he disputing a charge? Like whenever I think of disputing a charge, it means somebody else took it upon themselves to buy something or use a card when I didn't authorize it. Was yeah, his- they're saying that Urban Outfitters was charging their card when they shouldn't, which is kind of true because if you're going to just send me a back order email, 
that was an improper time to charge my card. So they dispute that and then they get banned by Urban Outfitters. That's insane. (laughs) So, so all in all, what do you think about this Urban Outfitters partnership, if you will, for lack of a better term? Um, Do you think it's wise? Do you think it's beneficial? Do you think eventually it's just going to no longer exist aside from lack of product, but fans just saying I'm done with dealing with your customer service, if you will. Well, I think that this partnership has been good overall because it's got us a lot of Britney Spears vinyl, which is what we want and we crave and we just dream about (laughs) as fans. So um, I think that was great. But to your other point, the flip side of it is that they're turning fans off now with their bad service and they're banning some fans and it's getting around and you know they could within the Britney community get a bad reputation and people just slowly like less and less people buy and as less and less people buy they might not press something like be in the mix the remixes looking at this do you think this partnership with Urban Outfitters do you think it helped the Britney brand do you think it helped the Britney fans Yes, to both. I actually think that it helped the brand because it got them a lot more money. If you actually do the math on what they're charging for these records and how many have sold out, that which you literally can do with those ones that I've provided the numbers throughout the podcast today, um, it is an astonishing amount of money that they're making off of these and they're getting the fans off their back for new material. And that's what I was going to say for the fans too, is that we're getting new material, like material things that we crave, which is, you know, in the eight, the revival age of vinyl, that's vinyl right now. Maybe that, you know, they're doing the cassettes too. That's something we didn't mention, but um, yeah, we're getting physical, tangible objects of Britney and we're getting um, new, like we got the new glory, which urban outfitters is selling, but not as an exclusive, um, so we're we're being fed. Thank you so much for helping out with this part of the episode. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. And how can your future fans uh, get a hold of you, get in contact with you? How can your <laughs> fans contact you? <laughs> uh, they can go to DerekPlease.com. Uh, they can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DerekPlease. So I wonder where these go next time because urban outfitters there's still a want um what was the last i don't know if you saw this what was the last britney vinyl that did sell out do you happen to know i'm from urban outfitters my only wish to see her that's right as recently as december 2020 britney spears the brand the label rca parent label sony were still in fact receiving successful transactions of brands and the partnership with Britney Legacy and Urban Outfitters. Will this eventually die down? Most likely, just like with any other music, music trend, music artists. But what I can say in doing all this research, uh, talking with Derek Please, talking with Tommy Jamerson, is this was a lucrative deal for Britney Spears. Now, how lucrative? Well, That's something I wanted to jump into right now. There's a discussion about what, in fact, 
what amount of money goes to Britney Spears or the brand or the entity that controls her licensing publishing. Here's what I found out. So, in 2015, from the sale of 17 million vinyl albums, well, they brought in $416 million in revenue. And that's the average cost of the vinyl being about $25. Now, the artists, songwriters, producers who sold those specific albums, they brought in $416 million in revenue. Now, conversely, now this is five years ago, for streaming on free on-demand music streamers like YouTube or Spotify, well, that brought in $385 million. Almost a $30 million difference. Here's something that I wanted to point out. As of winter 2020, Spotify's royalty rate, which you can find online. Now, in order for a song, just a specific song, to bring in $400, the song needs at least 100,000 streams from Spotify, from that specific song. Now, that $400, well, that gets split between the label the artist, the songwriter, producers, and publishers. And for those that are music fans, you know many songs nowadays have multiple songwriters on there who have equal rights and equal splits in songs. So the $400 right there, even if it were just one label, one artist, one songwriter, one producer, one publisher, just make it simple. In the most generic sense, that $400 divided by five entities, that's $80. So, an artist would be getting $80 from 100,000 streams from Spotify. Now, what that looks like is, well, you know, any money is great money. But don't forget, as I talked about in a previous episode, artists receive advances. A majority of Britney Spears' money comes from the advances that she received from Oops, I Did It Again onward. There were $3 million advances. So what does that advance actually mean for those that hadn't heard from this or hadn't listened to this podcast previously, which you can go back and do on your preferred streamer? What it means is the label will give an artist $3 million. Say, we want to sign you and we're going to put you on and you just had a great album. We're going to give you $3 million so that you can work on your next album. Ultimately, the way I see it and the way several people see it is It's $3 million. It's a loan. Because what happens is the artist will have to pay for the touring costs. The artist will have to pay for the music videos, the costumes, uh, the, the manufacturing of these items. So when you look at it, you think, okay, is Britney Spears' sum of money coming from these vinyl records? Well, here's what I know. You could find this information out online. It's actually quite interesting. If a vinyl album is sold for $25 at a record store, the price markup by the retailer may be 50%. After all, they need to pay for their employees, rent, electricity, all that sort of thing. So the wholesale price, say it's $12.50. The record company will pay about $4 per vinyl, let's say. Then this is just an estimate, generic numbers. So for 1,000 units, pressing plant would charge... $4,000. Or in this case, the 2,000 units times four, 8,000. Now, the artist pays for the packaging, but will get 3% of the retail price, which is about 75 cents. An album producer 
could get 3% off of retail as well. If an artist wrote all the songs, an, article, an artist would get the mechanical at 0.09%, so 9 cents per song. Maybe 12 songs, $1.09. Now this song, well, this number, I should say, reduces if there are other writers like I mentioned previously. Now, all of this fluctuates. So when you think about it and you look and say, out of that $25, you automatically know half of that is going to the person selling it. The other half is going to cover the cost of the item. So take that out of that $12.50, take the $4 out. You have $8.50, okay? Let's say that there was a commercial made. Let's say there was, you know, some promo. That is going to come from that. What's left, that amount, that gets split up between the publishing and all these artists have publishers, they have um, labels, things like that. And like I said, this is just a generic situation for sake of this podcast. So when you look at it and you think, wow, she must be making a lot from this, that's actually not true. She is making money, that is correct. I just choose to shine a light on the art and the business that created and that she helped create. It's been a busy five years for you because you went to Vegas and of course you've got the fantastic new album out, which I know and I've heard a lot about. You're extraordinarily proud of, aren't you, this one? Yes, I'm very proud. This is the first time I've really done an album that I'm more hands-on than I've ever been. So it's just, I'm really proud. It's like my baby. So for all the songwriters out there, keep writing. It's tougher than ever to make money out of this. And keep in mind, Britney Spears, part of what we love about her is that she is that relatable person who has this massive success. By choosing not to help her succeed or achieve, it works against the legacy that we choose to promote. That's the difference. We choose to say she's the best-selling teen artist. We choose to say she has this many number ones. But if you're doing something against that, you shouldn't promote all of these other things. And it's a hard time to be a Britney Spears fan, no doubt. But keep in mind, this brand, this Britney Spears, was not created by Britney Spears alone. There were A&R people, Eric Foster White producers, people early on that helped curate and cultivate who Britney Spears would become. Without those people, the next generation might not have somebody like that. Somebody to look up to as we did when we were teens, watching this teen succeed and be relatable and us trying to choose her dance moves. You know, which one are we going to do? Are we going to do the live version? It's a difficult time to be a Britney Spears fan, but you can still celebrate her art because art is what she chooses to do. Art is what she chooses to make. To say otherwise ignores who she is and who she's been. Will you buy any of these vinyls from Urban Outfitters? Maybe, maybe not. Will you choose to support Britney Spears in the future? Maybe, maybe not. But that's up to you. I give you permission to be your own adult, as I want that same respect back. So in a time where it becomes easy to cancel people for whatever it is, I choose growth. We grow. 
I learned more about what happens behind the scenes in the past three years working on this and just looking at music inserts. I learned more about that than ever before. I didn't realize how many artists it takes to create this legacy, this icon, this original doll, Britney Spears. And so thank you for listening. And don't forget, the Original Doll Podcast, we're a philanthropic one. So anytime we have a guest on and they answer questions for our podcast, we donate items to charity and those in need. If you want to find out more information or contact me, you can message me directly at Twitter at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z, or visit our website, www.theoriginaldoll.com. I want to thank Derek, please, for being a part of this, and Tommy Jamerson. And once again, be on the lookout for our new episodes. Don't forget to subscribe and like and rate. And if you'd like to be a part of the podcast, shoot me a message. Thank you so much. See you on the flip side. Don't you want my iconography? Don't you understand? Then follow me. Don't you want to aim for stars you see? Don't you want my iconography?